Valentine's Day of the year of our Lord, 2021. It's Chappelle back with us again. And by us, I mean Iman and Matt are here to bring you all of the love. We're here to talk about season three, episode 13, Heart. I'd like to believe that this episode is named after my boy, Joe Hart, but his name is spelled H-A-R-T. And the episode is named after the organ or the shape. Whichever you prefer. In any case, what's up, Chappelle? Welcome back to the choir room. Excited to have you. Thank did, you. Oh my God! Did the guest just get introduced before me? I'm I'm gonna cut you off because I'm so appalled. Oh, <laughs> man, it's my turn now. It's my turn. Not Thank me you. sitting here all quietly, like <laughs> you know, just just getting a, a, the third seat here to the guest. I love <gasps> Chappelle, but I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, I'm definitely okay with it. Um, Thank you, Aman, for having me. And thank you, Matt, for being the third party in our uh, rewatch. Oh, anytime. I'm just going to sit back, relax, crack (laughs) open a water bottle here. uh, Please don't do that. I'm going to enjoy the show. You guys uh, guys talk amongst yourselves. (laughs) Aman, why did you do this? And also introducing my no, no, favorite. No, 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 no. no. That's so not It's not even. It's it's okay. Favorite co-host who i'm hoping can forgive me for this huge error in judgment no 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 no. it's fine Chappelle, how are you i'm great i'm great i'm very happy to be here i'm glad we're all happy to be here with each other together forgiving and moving forward with this amazing uh holiday episode i'm happy that y'all had me both of you the two leads of this podcast well, I'll be talking to you, and it sounds like that's also who <laughs> Aman will be talking to. So uh, we might be breaking ground here as the first ever podcast to feature three people on it, but two people not talking to each other the entire time. I feel like that'll be fun. So um, I was about to come in here and like get all uh, into the same st- uh, the same style that Aman was talking of, like you know, like how long can we talk into the microphone like this? Um, but you know what? That's out the window now. So uh, truly, Chappelle, I'm very excited that you're here. Matt, 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 this is a perfect moment for us to talk about, you know, a, a theme in this episode, you know, Finn and uh, Rachel, they break up for like three seconds and then they get back together. And so now mm-hmm. it's time. So, yay, we're I back. Mean... I mean, yay, we're back. Yay. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so yeah, I guess that's what we're here for to talk about uh, the season three Valentine's Day episode. I got a a DM the other day asking why we're not talking about the season four Valentine's Day episode. Um, You know, that one's good, too. But we are going to I think uh, at some point we'll go back through all the weddings and season four Valentine's Day is way more of like a wedding than like a Valentine's Day. But, uh, you know. We still have uh, another one coming up after this. Um, but Chappelle, we just watched uh, season three's Valentine's Day. Did you like it just as much as last week? Less? More? Mm, last week, I think, was a perfect episode as far as I was concerned. And I remembered it vividly. This episode, I didn't remember as well. And I didn't like it as much. I have thoughts. Um, but yeah, this is what we're recording this on Valentine's Day Eve, uh, the day before mm-hmm. Singles Awareness Day. Some people call it sad. Um, so yeah, this was a happy episode to get into that mood for, you know, um, 
finding your Valentine, asking them to be yours, and and you know, spending some time at breadsticks. So ultimately, mm-hmm. it was fine, but you know, I preferred last week. Yeah, um, I think I agree, and uh, I think since it's just you and I here on this call, um, <laughs> we can uh, just get right on into the episode at any point. No, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm on. I like the episode. Um, I think that I might enjoy this one a little more than season two um, because of the some of the stuff that we get to touch on here. I think that the Christian will you guys, you know, will they, won't they sing a song to a lesbian couple is kind of like a little forced because three-fourths of the God Squad were going to do it anyway. And if Jesus, if uh, Joe wasn't going to do it, then like <laughs> Jesus wouldn't have done it. Yeah. I literally almost called, his, called him Jesus. Um <laughs> So I think that was the only thing that was kind of like, ah. But I, I, I enjoy all of the character moments in this one, I think, a lot more than season two. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to, to get into everything. This one has sugar. So, I mean, we're already off to a, a good start here. But the other one had Lauren. So it's like, you know, trading a queen for a queen, I guess, is just uh, how we're going to be doing it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but where do, so where, where do we leave off with everybody? In like one year ago, Valentine's Day in the year 2010, I believe, would have been season two. And now we're here in 2011. So uh, Finn and Rachel were not together. That is not the case here. They are very much together in this episode for the majority of it. Uh, who else were the couples that we followed there? It's, uh, Blaine and Kurt were a little bit, but they weren't even together yet, right? So yeah, they weren't together. Happening. No, they weren't together. Wait. Oh, yeah, that was like when they were just now starting to get together. Right. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was when there Harry was Puck and Lauren. <clears throat> there was uh, nothing about Will and Emma, no. Um, so I'm just trying to think of like, you know, some of the couples to follow where we are. Oh. So it's pretty much just Finn and Rachel and Kurt and Blaine that are uh, crossing over between two Valentine's Days here. Well, we had Sam and uh, we had Sam and uh, Quinn last time, but she was like cheating on him. And we yes. had, mm-hmm. you know, Finn as like the middleman for that. So now we have Sam and looking at Mercedes who did not have a love interest last time. So, you know, some changes. And then of course, yeah, we I still have uh, Finn and Rachel weren't together at this point either, were they? Mm-hmm. And we still have, of course, our, the iconic couple of the series, uh, Tina and um, Mike, you know. The, oh yeah. Um, they're the, the only real consistent the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is like out here while and out. Good yeah. for them. I'm glad that they got a couple moment this episode. But uh, yeah, so what we have here today is the season three Valentine's Day episode. All of the different couples are in love. Not everybody, though. Kurt is, uh, I mean, he is in love, but he's all alone because Blaine got slushied a couple of episodes ago and he's at home recovering. Um, you know, Darren, Chris taking a little break here. Um, and we have a couple of other singles lurking around the room here. So we got to get some of them paired up because Sugar is hosting a party. She's going to rename Breadsticks to the Sugar Shack and uh, throw herself or throw the entire club a party. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, and yeah, Finn and Rachel are together and it's really taken a step forward here, uh, Chappelle. The, uh, the time has come where these two are, are really looking to uh, lock this in because that's what we do when we are, you know, working towards the end of our senior year in high school. It it seems so absurd. Not even a calendar year ago, like the last Valentine's Day, you guys weren't even together and now you're getting married. I just think there needs to be some type of like, hey, if you can't keep this going for a year consistently without a breakup, a huge like knockout drag out, you know, like end of end of times fight, you know, then maybe you shouldn't be proposing. Like, and I'm not, and look, I'm not married. So if it's worked for you and your marriage, fine. But I just feel like, you know, you probably want to be able to stick it out long-term, you know, in a dating situation before you dive into a marriage 
and you already had a failed dating situation. <laughs> so it was, yeah, it definitely caught me off guard uh, because, like I said, last time we watched it, they weren't even together. He didn't, he didn't see fireworks. This episode, they can't wait to graduate because they have to get married. So it was odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, we get to meet their uh, Rachel's dads as well to uh, accompany this whole story. Yeah, we do. I, I feel like. I mean, I mean, obviously, the the most popular stance to take is like they're they're too uh, young to get married. This is crazy. What, what, what you guys have your whole lives to live. But they also are in Ohio, and I feel like <laughs> people that are like in the Midwest, this, isn't this kind of like more common over there? Like people getting married at younger ages. Some of them choose to stay home. It was kind of like what Quinn was saying at the at the um earlier at this uh, at the beginning of the season like you know i'm gonna you know you you can have your pool cleaning business i'll have my real estate business and then we'll just stay here and have the perfect little family i'm like maybe that's just how shit runs over there so the fact that everybody is so like oh my god i guess it's because it's rachel and obviously she's meant to for bigger and brighter and they don't plan on staying in ohio so shouldn't you focus more on finishing that stuff first and then getting married but i feel like people in ohio in that part of the country they be getting married and having kids young. That's I'm just waiting impression. for the day that somebody from Ohio reaches out to us to like to just <laughs> like almost maybe like hit us with like some kind of lawsuit for uh, the way that Amon has spoken of them over the past course of this this podcast on this year uh, of just like. I feel like there are so many, I don't know if it's like stereotypes is what I'm trying to say, but just like the general idea of what happens in Ohio. Uh, I feel like there's a completely different narrative uh, from what we've put I'm out here. I'm not saying it's everybody, but I would say, I would wager to guess that the average age of marriage is lower in like the flyover states and in the Midwestern states. That is just my, I just feel like people that live <laughs> in the cities and on the coasts are not getting married as quickly as those that stay in those states. Like they're just not. Yeah, like, I mean, I listened to I listened to Coco Caliente um, a couple of years back. Listen to Coco Caliente a couple okay, years back. It. Yes, when they first started, um, it's a okay. they, 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 it was a good show. Um, and that's like all Michelle would talk. Michelle, what the fuck? That's all Ooh, Nicole would Michelle? talk about. I mean, same diff, <laughs> same diff. That's all um, Nicole would talk about. Was like, yeah, like. I just had this whole plan of, like, going to nursing school, and then, like, you know, I would meet my husband, and then we would just move over into a farm, and we'd get married, like, around, I want to have my kids, like, around 23, and then we just get started. And then Big Brother happened, and that's the only reason why they didn't happen for her. But if she had not gotten on Big Brother, then she was fully prepared to follow that track, and she has a lot of other people that stand up and do the same thing. So I don't, I don't think it's a stereotype. I think it's just a trend. Like, that's what happens over there. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I will come to Amon's defense a little bit. I, I, I used to work at a school where there was a thing called Ring Before Spring. And so, like, the students would be trying to figure out, like, okay, freshman freshman year, they are looking for their, their date or whatever. And, you know, they're dating through freshman year. And then sophomore year, like, they're trying to get proposed to before the spring semester. Like, Ring Before Spring was a real thing. Um, and these were college students. So just a little bit older than... Um, you know, than Rachel and Finn, but you know, I guess in college, it's, I, I guess it's a little bit better, but yeah, they definitely have plans of like, oh no, but when I graduate, I need to be married. But to Matt's point, it does seem like every time something weird happens on this show, Amon goes, yes, well, it is Ohio. <laughs> well, well, it is Ohio. Well, so, you know, Ohio, somebody so. just ends up killing their uncle's dog because of, you know, the fact that they fell in love with their sister. You know, yeah. it's just, it's Ohio. It's like, Blaine got assaulted with a slushie. Amon's like, well, it's Ohio, so. It's Ohio, yeah. <laughs> 
I'm just saying, over there, like, it, I mean, it seems to be like a bit of a lawless land in the middle of the country. <laughs> middle Earth. <laughs> Look, I, I don't exactly. know. I just, middle uh, Earth. It's, it's that, that, like, Twitter meme from probably last year, maybe the year before, where it's, like, nobody, you know, colon, and then, like, nothing. And then it would be, like, Amon says. It's Ohio. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's Ohio. It's, uh, you know, it's Ohio, so... <laughs> According to Jofo, I would know these things, right? Because I'm from Pittsburgh, and that's considered Midwest in his eyes. Yeah. So I'm taking yeah. it from a person that, you know, I'm experienced. You're definitely the expert. Anyway, um, anybody an expert in uh, having a God Squad at your school? Because I know we've, uh, you know, obviously talked about this episode already, but uh, one thought, you know, I'm trying to, like, think of, like, different things we haven't, like, covered from specific angles of just the fact that, like, I don't think my school had any kind of, like, religious uh, group in the first place, let alone, like, a group that was devoted to singing, like, all Christian uh, music and you know gathering together here for this common purpose um i don't know i maybe it's because it's ohio that's the answer never mind <laughs> um i i feel like i remember something about like us not being allowed <gasps> excuse me not being allowed to have religious clubs i don't know why i feel like that was a thing in my school district i don't know why mm. i just feel like it wasn't like a I don't know. I just feel like there was something. Yeah, we, we did not have anything like that. Yeah. Like, you were allowed mm-hmm. to have, like, academic clubs and clubs of interests, but when it came to, like, religion, like, they kind of, like, shied away from having that in the school. See, and and I'm in Texas. I do, we didn't have one at my school, but I wouldn't put it past any school in Texas, you know? Like, it's this is one of those places where if you said, like, we wanted to have a religious thing in school, people would say, oh, okay. You know, like, it would be like, that's interesting. Okay, go ahead and do it. But if you said you wanted to have something else, like, any, pretty much anything else, it's probably, like, a lot of paperwork you have to go through. Um, you know, re- religion kind of gets you through the, your foot in the door here in Texas for a lot of things. So it's not Ohio, but I'm sure there's some school here with, like, a God squad. Hopefully they didn't call it that, though. It's funny, but, I mean, whew, <laughs> sounds like a militia yeah. or something. <laughs> <laughs> The the uh, the point here for this uh, scene in the episode, obviously, we're getting introduced to, as Amon mentioned, uh, Joe Hart is here now uh, making his debut. And we've got Sam and Quinn and Mercedes and Joe forming this uh, this group, the God Squad. Uh, this is at least for me a fun Sam scene as he's, uh, you know, asking Mercedes. So Shane's not here. Hmm, where's your man? Huh? I guess he's not part of the God Squad. That's interesting. All right. Noted. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Valentine's Day is around the corner and uh, they're all planning to do the uh, singing telegrams or whatever for. Uh, walking around the school, you know, making some money, raising some money, whatever it is, and, you know, just showing the school that it's cool to be Christian. So that's going to be what they're up to. Um, but oh, over on, in the... Hold on, Matt. Oh, okay. On, Matt. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, we, sorry, 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 sorry. I don't want to rush past this because Quinn is back with the God Squad. But remember, a year ago, Quinn was praying that she wouldn't cheat on Finn. <laughs> I mean, cheat on Sam with Finn. And mm-hmm. she was like, I went to church so I wouldn't come here to kiss you. And now I'm kissing you in the auditorium. One year later, she's sitting next to Sam, the guy she cheated on in that auditorium, talking about, oh, thank you for welcoming me back to God. It was kind of odd because we just watched that episode and Mm -hmm. Sam, the person she cheated on, is literally looking at Mercedes like, oh, praise. I'm so happy to be here. Too bad your boyfriend's not here. What, he don't like God? I sure do. Shouldn't we be together instead? Sam, you're sitting next to the person who cheated on you while you're trying to get this woman who you cheated on to leave her boyfriend for you. And y'all are all at this religious meeting. This is insane. It truly is. That's a good point. That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) And also, you know, Joe being there as well, who is going to be somebody that Quinn is going to soon connect with. Uh, Just a wild table here. I mean, they might as well. uh, Never mind. Uh, But yeah. 
Oh, wow. I knew exactly where you were going with that. <laughs> I think I knew and I like it. Um, I do have questions about young Jesus. Uh, Joe, Joe, Joseph. Um, he is from the Glee Project, right? Yep. Yes. The first yes. winner. Was he uh, like, was this his like character on the Glee Project as well? Is he very like a Christian as well? I know he was talking about his tattoos or Bible scriptures. Um, was this like a plot in the Glee Project as well? Or is this just something they made for the show? Yes, he was. Well, he wasn't at, uh, he wasn't Joe Hart, obviously. Um, mm. But he did talk about coming from a conservative background. And there was a challenge during one of the weeks where they had to, you know, essentially the valentine's day challenge i guess and he had to be with a guy and he was talking about how like his mom would sort of like might have a bit of an issue with him being on screen with a guy but like he would just have to you know like he has he doesn't have an issue with it and she would have to get over it essentially is what he said and then ryan murphy was like oh that's interesting i feel like i want to write i want to write to that that's interesting that's compelling i want to write about a christian character and i'm like you literally already have but okay (laughs) and that's where joe hart was born okay thank you and this is where Joe Hart is, uh, I'm not going to say died, but like, uh, there's nothing that happens. So, I mean, pretty much. Uh, I mean, he lives and dies on the cross. With, yeah. Like, he, <laughs> not on the cross. He, he is the most stereotypical homeschool kid who ever existed. He's like, I only listen to Christian music. I, I don't know what to wear to school, so I came barefoot. I uh, don't have any friends outside of my mom. I was like, like y'all are leaning into this homeschool slash Christian thing a lot, like a lot, a lot. <laughs> like yeah, I only want to come to school so I can make friends. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was cool. And then he was like, oh, and by the way, I might be Jesus as well, but you know, never mind. It's Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so Joe's gonna, you know, stick around for this episode and uh, we're gonna see how, you know, his his evolution over the course of this episode, just accepting that gay is okay, um, when Santana is gonna come up and, you know, ask for a, uh, a singing telegram to, uh, to Brittany. Um, but what else we have here? So we have the uh, Sugar and Rory thing at slash Artie. Uh, they're gonna be fighting for Sugar's affection. Uh, we also have, uh, Kurt's gonna be getting some secret admirer uh, gifts delivered to him by a man in a gorilla suit because Ohio um and <laughs> what else uh we uh we get the performance here of uh tina and mike kicking us off with some love in the air and that's like where the montage comes is uh all of the guys are uh, the two guys are giving sugar all these different gifts of uh puppies and hearts and candy and whatnot and i mean not too unrealistic to me of like what would happen in high school of like you know guys getting the girls gifts but also two guys fighting over it i guess makes it a little bit more interesting i don't know yeah, Valentine's Day would be so, like, uh, I remember sort of, like, I, deep down, I remember being so jealous of all those kids. I didn't show it on my face or anything, but you would just see these girls walking around with all of these gifts and balloons and They had the balloons. Bags. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you could see all the guys coming to the school that morning with all of their little goodies and stuff. And I was just like, man, fuck y'all. Like... <laughs> 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 I was so mad, well, but whatever. You're you're probably talking to a person on the call here, and it's not me who did that. I'm sure of it. Uh, yeah. I you mean, I had to get. <laughs> I, just, I didn't do it in high school. I mean, I've definitely done it twice, but once was like I told you before. In... Well, I'm not talking about you, <laughs> <laughs> Chappelle. <laughs> Stop. Um. Yeah, no, so the thing is, you have to have the gifts, like, prepared for when she, like, she want her to walk into the school to the gifts, or, like, to have the gifts when she was in the school. This is not something that you need to, like, be trying to present to her, unless you're going to make, like, a grand, you know, like, 
thing in the hallway or something like that. But yeah, I was, I was definitely like a, Hey mom, could you run me up to like CVS to get the big chocolate or Walgreens? They, they, they have like the big, huge chocolates and stuff like that. And you get some balloons and stuff. I mean, Valentine's Day is, is really not that expensive if you just making a grand display of things. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I was definitely one of those kids who were just like, Oh yeah, let me just get you a bunch of balloons and shit. And then, you know, we're good. Um, but no, I, I've never been a on the receiving end of that at all, though. Like, I've never had like like a girl like show up and be like, like, hey, I got you something like and then make like a big like a big to do of it. Kind of like they were doing for sugar. That would make me so embarrassed. But, you know, I don't mind embarrassing other people. So I'm definitely I, I, I could be a little dramatic sometimes. So I, I, I could see myself uh, doing some of the things already did, but maybe not to that extent. But you have had on Valentine's Day Eve a person slide into your DMs offering five hundred dollars in exchange for your company. Is that what I was reading this morning? Uh, <laughs> whoa, my business. <laughs> Don't do that. What do you Don't mean by business? That. Out here tweeting about it, exposing your own DMs. Uh, look, she seemed like a nice lady. However, if you're gonna be my sugar mama, you gotta be a little bit older than forty-five. I like. My sugar mama's like, I like my wine old as hell. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a little go. dry. <laughs> we'll continue. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, you continue. I, I'm I'm sitting back with my, you know, I'm just hanging out listening to you guys talk. No, you did this. Okay. Well, let's get back <laughs> on track. I do want to talk about something we breezed past a little bit um, because it. it's Ohio. And we're going to talk about this gorilla a little bit later. But is this yes. gorilla, the person in the costume, is the same person who's in the costume at the end? Because if this is Karofsky walking into Kurt's school to hand him the mm-hmm. secret admirogram, that's a problem for me. Like, you legit got, like, expelled, right? Like, he, he had yeah. to leave the school. Why well, are he got you expelled in- and then So he got expelled yeah. and then he also got brought back. I'm pretty sure the reason he's at his new school is by his own choice. I don't think he was told he could not be back there anymore. Uh, like, the whole thing in season two is that, like, Sue resigns from being principal because she disagrees with the board allowing him to come back. So he's yeah. not, like, I think technically not allowed to be there. But, I mean, he does have school. He should be at his school and not dressed up in a gorilla suit walking around. Like, how did he get past security? How, like, just to... to to enter the building. How did he, you know, cause he probably didn't show up in the gorilla suit. He probably had it in his bag and then put it on and maybe the locker room, bring back old memories or something like that. I don't know. Uh, so none of this does make sense besides the fact that yes, it's Ohio. Um, but yeah, it's uh, he's going to he's going to pop in what, like three times in this episode before we ultimately get to breadsticks later, find out that it's Karofsky and he's just, you know, being a sad boy that wants Kurt's attention. Yeah. And he's just wandering around the school. My school had metal detectors and people with those little wands at the door. You can't just walk into my my high school in a gorilla outfit three three or four times with, through the week and just think you're just going to like give people gifts without somebody like without the cops shaking you down and so I mean, the fact that this bully that got expelled one time could just wander in eh, it's ohio we definitely it's have ohio. medical detector medical detectors metal detectors <laughs> we need some of those too we have metal detectors but that didn't stop um the secretary at my school from just letting any old bitch in i used to do the morning <laughs> announcements every morning and i'll be sitting there at the desk and there was this one time that uh, the the intercom rang, and she was like, "Who is it?" And I bullshit you not, the next thing that came out of that speaker was, <laughs> and she was like, "Okay," and then let him in. <laughs> and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and she was like, oh, "I I don't know what they said, but I hope that this person is safe." And I'm like, "You hope? You are the first line of defense against this kind of stuff." 
<laughs> she said, Amon, I don't get paid enough. Okay. I don't. <laughs> she really did. She had it out for us that day. She said, if these kids, something happens to these kids, I don't give a shit. But yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a long week. <laughs> I'm going to guess that the rest of the day went okay for you guys. Uh, everything went fine. It was just apparent. I guess it was the intercom that was fucked up and not that person's voice, thankfully. <laughs> okay, well, she i mean look she's been dealing with that intercom for a while i'm sure she spoke in look it's, it was pittsburgh too. it was the midwest it was it was a lot of <laughs> it's almost ohio at that point um but yeah so i don't know uh, gorillas just get to walk around schools in uh in ohio and you know come drop off letters i, I mean i don't know what kurt is on and why he thinks that this is guaranteed to be blaine uh as if he can't who else would it be blaine but he could call or text Blaine and be like, "Oh, babe, thanks for the Valentine." No, the but that like, ruins the fun. It's like the the fun, like because fun you get because Blaine because you. he thinks he thinks it's from Blaine and he sees all of this stuff coming from like his secret admirer. So he's like, you know, playing along with like, oh, I don't know who it could be. So he didn't want to get you can't like text Blaine and be like, you know, th- he's playing along essentially. I'd probably yeah. do the same thing. I'll- also, apparently there's only four gay people in this town because we know that Blaine was after the guy at the Gap last time, but we know that this is Karofsky after Kurt, who mm-hmm. is who was after Blaine, who ends up with Karofsky. Like, who else could this be except Blaine or the Gap guy? Because it's not it's Karofsky standing in front of him, and he it doesn't expect it to be him. Of, it could be any of the other <laughs> it could be Sebastian. The straight warblers with girlfriends. It could be Sebastian oh, or could, any other it, warbler. It could be Sebastian or the warblers. That's true. Kurt, Kurt does know them. That's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, the idea that Karofsky is kind of like the centerpiece of this Kurt and Blaine relationship is insane to me. Like, it, why him? You know, like, I get the bullying and the Kurt of it all, but does he really have to? It, you know what? Never mind. That's not the point of this episode at all. That just bothers me. I don't know. Okay, well, um, yeah, Karofsky getting his uh, season three quick check before uh, he's going to, you know, disappear kind of until season six. So that's worthwhile, I guess. Uh, you know, Kurt doesn't have a love interest available to come film, so they pull one back from, uh, you know, from his past there. Yeah. Um, what else? So we want to talk about Brittany and Santana? Yes, let's talk about the girlfriends of the episode. And when I say girlfriend, I mean my, not my friend who's a girl, but like my literal romantic girlfriend, meaning that we have sapphic charm together, meaning that we are <laughs> DJing it and scissoring it up because we are oh my God. girlfriends. We are teen lesbians. <laughs> oh, did y'all like the gift that uh, Brittany got for uh, Santana, the, the playlist? I did. I do. I, it was um, I would take any gift from Brittany. Uh, anything at all. I mean, I know, granted, I mean, that I mean, might get you in trouble sometimes, but. No, when, I mean, she was handing out, you know, th- three-week vacations and uh, cars and well, all sorts of exactly. shit next year. I mean, did she get those through some kind of legal method? I don't think so. Uh, so when we get to she that episode. She said she cashed out her savings. She got money, honey. I still have a hard time trusting it. Um, well, look, I want to. but Her dad is Stephen Hawking. She got money. <laughs> she gave uh, Santana the entire laptop because she could not burn a CD. Uh, were y'all paying attention to what the playlist uh, included? What songs were on there? Oh, well, I have the whole you, list we here because I... Yeah. I've got my notes. Yeah, we've got. Do, do you have the list as well? Are you uh, referencing? Oh no, specific? I just there was one that stood out to me. But go ahead and, and, okay, and let we, us know what the rest was on the list. <laughs> uh, the songs on Britney and Santana's an infinite playlist are the Purple People Eater, Disco Duck, Monster Mash, On Top of Spaghetti, Pac Man Fever, Osama Yo Mama, and different Strokes theme song. 
Yes. Are y'all, <laughs> that's my favorite part. <laughs> the Different Strokes theme song is in their, on their infinite playlist. I think that's perfect. Yes. <laughs> different folks, different strokes. <laughs> so the gift goes over well. She thanks Brittany so much and they share a kiss, which, yep, lands them in Figgins' office for uh, some PDA that he is not good with. I mean, he kind of is good with. We, we recently just sat down to talk about Figgins a little bit for a character study podcast, which uh, is not out just yet. But um, we talked in that one about how, you know, Figgins is out here telling these two young women i would much rather have seen you two kiss than finn and rachel but like that's not the point here yeah, yeah. <laughs> um fire figgins fire <laughs> figgins so yeah santana's getting this from uh, from figgins she's getting uh you know in a little bit we're gonna see her go outside and request the song from joe and uh get some weird looks there so uh things aren't going super well for her here just you know now that we've moved past uh, a couple of episodes ago was when we had you know the whole i kissed a girl of it all and uh now her and Brittany are just trying to live their lives in in their senior years together and whatnot and people are just not letting them be and uh we hate that so yeah yeah santana's such a troll like I, she's completely right. Figgins is discriminating against her for no reason. Cause if he really didn't care about PDA, there's a million couples at this school that he should have hosed down by now. Like just like went and got the fire hose and like get off of each other because these kids just make out in the hallway and cry and scream and shout about their love all the time. Public displays mm-hmm. of affection are like the entry. Like that's like an entrance, um, like requirement to get into McKinley High School. You have to be willing to just kiss somebody in the mouth in front of all these people. And so he's he's not being genuine when he says like PDA is not okay with him. Um, but Santana is trolling when she walks right up to the most Christian person she can find, young Jesus. And she's like, I have a girlfriend. I want you to sing to her. My girlfriend, who I want you to sing to, who is a girl who is not just my friend, my girlfriend. Like, okay, Santana, we get it. We get it. And I I truly feel like this isn't this storyline really isn't resolved because judged off of, you know, what happens here. It wasn't Joe that filed the complaint because Vegas was like, yeah, some religious if this, you know, we don't want this school to turn into like a religious volatile powder keg. So obviously it was a Christian who had had an issue with it, but it wasn't the Christian with the dreadlocks and the guitar and the Jesus feet. It was someone else that we never really get to find out who it was. And so what's to stop them from filing another complaint just because y'all went to the sugar shack and sang some cherish, cherish, you know what I mean? Like then on Monday, it's just going to be the same (laughs) shit. So like this storyline kind of gets dropped. If you really think about it, there is a gorilla walking around the school. And Figgins (laughs) is worried about Santana and Brittany sharing a small little kiss. Yeah. You know, uh, gorillas in Ohio are a little less dangerous than gorillas in other parts of the country. And teen yeah. lesbians as well. <laughs> so I there you go. I have heard that. Teen lesbians. Uh, back in the choir room, Finn and Rachel are going to announce uh, the official news here. We're going to get it. Bomb has dropped that they are getting married. And yeah, not everybody's for it. Some people are, some people not. Quinn and Kurt are like, no, don't do that. Uh, Tina's like, ah, I love you guys. I'm going to get married too. No, but uh, I'll be there. And uh, Artie is also going to wish them the best and kind of just completely run over their announcement with a uh, performance for Sugar there. So he gets to do some Let Me Love You with uh, the guys backing him up. But that's what we're, ha- that's what we have here. That's what, uh, that's what's going on. So Finn and Rachel sit back down. Artie's got to sing. And it's, um, it's a cool performance. Some Mario up in there, or Mario, depending on how you like to pronounce it. The thing that stood out to me about this performance, because it's like, it's fine. Uh, but the thing that stood out to me about this performance is something that Santana once said about uh, Kurt dancing like he has two invisible ribbons tied to his hips. I can't unsee it. 
So the fact yeah. that he was in this choreography with them, I was like, there was nobody else you could have used to fill like, in this There's the ribbons. Part. There's the rhythm. The rhythm. <laughs> The rhythm ribbon. So I, I kind just... of thought about that too. Yeah, because like, uh, not specifically that, but like the fact that like, wh- where's Finn? Like Finn always has the guys backing him up when he needs to sing some kind of song like this to Rachel or at the front of the room. Like, why doesn't he ever back up his friends? Is, is Rachel like getting into his head that he's too good to be a backup singer? Uh, probably, probably. I mean, Finn Finn's going through a lot, but still, there's no excuse for Kurt being the fifth dancer in this in this group. He he's trying really hard, but that's just not his bag. It's just not. We got rid of Matt Rutherford to let Kurt do the backup dancing. Yes. Who? I'm kidding. <laughs> How dare you? Um, but they go outside, and this is where we're going to get the stereo. There's a lot of songs in this episode. It's like back to back to back at, at some points. But we're going to Stereo Hearts is going to be up next with, of course, the God Squad and the whole scene of Santana and Rachel and, uh, you know, Santana making that statement that you just talked about. Um, but uh, I don't know. Anything uh, happening specifically here besides. Uh, just you know, singing around the uh, the outside where it's still mind-boggling that nobody seems to pay them any attention, even though they're just out here singing. But you know, Ohio, Ohio, Amon, did you? How do you feel about Mercedes church members just showing up at school at the middle of the day? Like we know the gorilla can walk around because it's Ohio, but half of her church choir showed up to do this stereo hearts uh, <laughs> song for um, Finchel. Is that? Is that normal? <laughs> like, what, are, what school do these people go to? And why don't these people have jobs? I have questions. With the church choir was there? I thought it was just the four of them. No, 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 no. She So one of the themes of the episode was that they had to have the God Squad meeting once Santana did her big, you know, like, you need to sing to my girlfriend moment. They had the God Squad meeting because Mercedes was saying that we want to make sure all four of us are okay with it. But also, if I'm going to ask my church members to come volunteer like they had already did for that Stereo Hearts performance, then she wanted to make sure that they were all on the same page as far as like, you know, their religious beliefs versus, you know, Uh. singing to people. So I just thought it was weird that they could show up as well, like the gorilla. Interesting. (laughs) I think that's a a dropped plot because I don't remember seeing any uh, church people from Mercedes's church at Stereo. Uh, Oh, wait, there they are. Okay, I'm watching it now. They come down the steps like out of nowhere, but it's the middle of the day. Y'all don't have jobs. No, they Jesus just... is their job. <laughs> They're there for Mercedes anytime she needs her. Uh, Jesus needs is my them. job. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that happens there. Joe looks mortified after uh, Santana suggests the idea of them singing to her girlfriend. Girlfriend, and uh, what what happens next? So Kurt's gonna get another uh, secret admirer note. Finn and Rachel are making out in the middle of the choir room, practically like about to do it on the piano until uh, Rory's gonna come in and be like. So, um, Sugar, uh, listen up. So, like, I'm actually going to have to leave soon. My visa didn't get extended, and, you know, um, you guys are all awesome, like, friends and family. I I love you all. You've made me feel like home, but, like, I'm going to have to leave, and there's nothing I can do about it. So uh, he's going to sing, you know, a nice, crushing, emotional song with home there, and Sugar is going to be like, damn, I thought I liked Artie. But this is better. This is good. This made me sad. Uh, and she's going to end up uh, siding with him now, siding with Artie, because uh, she feels worse for Rory than she does for Artie. And she felt yeah. bad for Artie because he's in the wheelchair. But uh, Rory, this is worse. It's like it's it's really fucked up because, I mean, he sings Let Me Love You to her. And we're thinking she's like, will me to class, baby. And we're thinking it's because, oh, my goodness, her juices are flowing because he's saying such a, you know, velvety R&B song to her. But no, it was all because she just felt sorry for him. So you make him not only will himself, but will you to class as well. Like, <laughs> girl. 
Uh, Sugar knows her worth, okay? She's rich. She knows that she can have any guy that she wants. And if she wants Artie to wheel her around, that's just what's going to happen. But I do think it's pretty messed up that she's like, but also, Rory's getting deported, and that's a little bit more depressing than you not having legs that work. So I'm going to go with Rory. Okay, bye. Mm -hmm. I... What do y'all what do y'all think about Rory? Like what's the general what is the choir room's opinion of Rory the character? Uh, that's a great opportunity for a plug for the character study that is coming out with, uh, uh, no, I mean, seriously, but actually like this coming Friday, uh, I believe, uh, that's when the podcast that involves talking about where he's going to come out. But, um, I don't know. Overall, uh, he's nice. He's, uh, I, th- I think I said in that podcast, he's a good solid pick for, you know, an unproblematic favorite if that's what you're looking for out here. But other than that, I mean, I don't know what else you really get there. I just want to know if he was actually going to get deported because like, when they're at the sugar shack and um, sugar is like, yeah, um, I'm going to miss you so much. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, when you get deported, silly. And he looks like, oh, let's not worry about that right now. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, so are you not getting deported? Like, what's going on here? So I'm like trying to figure out, was he being truthful or was it all just show just to get sugar on his side? Well, well y'all have watched the series more recently than I have. I mean, how does Rory's story end here? I mean, he, he goes back to Ireland, but it's never really, is it because he couldn't get his visa extended or is it because, like, I, he just goes back. You know what I mean? It, it, mm-hmm. There really isn't any much explanation. Hmm. It disappears. Yeah, he, he's just gone uh, by the end of, well, uh, season three, he's there for nationals and, you know, to say goodbye to all the seniors. But then season four starts and uh, he's not there. They make he's references gone. a couple of times to him, you know, his existence. It's not like they just tried to be like, oh, he was never even here. He was just a figment of your imagination because um, Ohio. But um, no, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's Rory. Um, yeah. But yeah, anything else on that, Chappelle? No, I like I like uh, Rory because I, I think it's because I like all the songs that he sings. Um like every song that he sings, I'm like, oh, I really like this song. So, uh, home, uh, is that is my song. Like again, okay. that is my song. It's such a good song. He sounded so good. I was very happy to to see that. I like when I like when the background characters get their solos, and so I think Rory's had a couple to this point in the series as well. So yeah, I was happy to see it. Uh, I I did think that maybe he ended up getting deported, but. Like Oman was saying at the end, it seemed like he wasn't going to get deported. And this was like a long, like the long uh, con to just get Sugar to go out with him. Um, I'm hoping it wasn't, but it worked if it was. So, you know, whatever. Can't knock the hustle. Yeah. Couple, uh, couple number, what, four or five at this episode at this point. We're going to get into some Sam Sadie's here. As, of course, uh, a couple episodes ago, Sam and Mercedes uh, shared a kiss, even though Sam, I'm sorry, uh, Mercedes is currently dating Shane, so she feels pretty guilty about that. She tells Sam that she feels awful and she can't be with Sam because it reminds her of what she did to Shane. Um, But all of this just to give Mercedes the opportunity to do I Will Always Love You and just give a very, you know, a great performance, a powerful performance, while Sam gives a powerful acting performance sitting in his chair in the choir room, just ready to burst into tears. Like, literally looks like a puppy dog that just got in trouble for, I don't even know, it's just so sad uh, on both ends of this. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we we also, you know, just did Mercedes' podcast as well, where we talked a lot about this one. But uh, Chappelle, any thoughts here? Yeah, I have thoughts. Uh... Mercedes, what part of the game is that? Like, you don't go cheat and then go tell. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am, what part of the game is that? But she cheated. She told, okay, you know, she's in the God Squad, so she's trying to live right. Uh, She breaks it off with Sam. Now she's trying to live right. Right. You know, look, the God Squad, they don't mind cheating. They're going to pray about it, but they still going to cheat. And so Mercedes cheated. She got rid of Sam. She sings, I will always love you. And this is where my problem with this storyline starts and ends there's a lot of love 
going on between Sam and Mercedes. Do you feel like the show gave us enough to believe that this performance, I will always love you, this teary-eyed, Sam's about to burst into tears and fall apart because she's belting out this amazing love song, the Glee Project of the Week, for the Glee Club was to find the best love songs of all time. She found probably the best one, sang it amazingly to Sam. Like, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, I mean, and we've talked, now that we've talked at length about Mercedes and Sam, it kind of just comes full circle here. We just needed more. We just did not get enough. All that we saw of them getting together in season two was them holding hands at the Lima Bean. And then they spend a half of season three with Sam not even being there. Sam just got back. Sam comes back in what? Like, what? Episode five? And then the primary, the primary, like, storyline from that moment on is, like, the whole Trouble Tones versus New Directions type deal going on with, like, a little sprinkling of Sam Sadie's in there. So, yeah, I definitely remember feeling like, oh, yeah, this is, this is a beautiful performance, but like I'm not really getting the same emotional attachment to this moment that the characters are because we just didn't get enough of them. We needed more Sam Sadie's content to understand what exactly it is that they were losing by not yeah. being with one another. So I, I agree. And also, I mean, it's Glee, and they just wanted to squeeze I Will Always Love You into the Valentine's Day special and the fact that this was also the same year that Whitney Houston passed away, like a week before this episode aired. So it was just, you know. Yeah. It- Ooh, it was just, it's such a powerful performance for Sam. And so that why that's why it falls flat for me. Um, because she's singing the, she's singing the pants off of this song. Like this, she does the things that need to be done. And it's for Sam. And it's in the middle of an episode. Like this is a show-stopping performance. And then the very next scene, we're back to talking about like, you know, gorillas and stuff. It just, for me, yeah. it was just a weird place. Yeah. I mean, that's just the story of Mercedes, right? Of just kind of like, you know, here, we'll give you something, but you're not going to be the, uh, the the closing act here. We're not going to, you know, and granted, they wanted to end the episode on like a whole party kind of thing happening. But uh, this definitely could have been more towards the end of the episode. Give us some kind of cliffhanger on this end, like of things like give us this song to make us think like, okay, what is happening between them? Like how serious was that summer fling that they had between the two of them that we never got to see any of? Um, but obviously it was like, you know, super strong feelings were developed over time. Um, so I mean, I mean, I guess like when you when you look back at it, at it, knowing the full context of it all and like knowing how their feelings for each other are never going to fully go away. Um, it's, it's like I don't see it from the exact same perspective because it's like I just let myself believe that it was kind of like love at first sight for the two of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, the way that it's placed in the middle of the episode here, I can uh, agree. It's like a little like, OK, well, if we're going to do this, we should do it right. Like we should do it yeah. all the way, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Also, Shane looks about 37 years old. I mean, she tells his man this. Yeah, she tells him this. He's like, oh, it's like you punch me in the heart, blah, 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 blah. He's crying. And I'm like, that is someone's father. Shane seems like such a gentle giant, man. Like, (laughs) he is so sentimental and emotional. And the first thing that we hear him say is talking about how, like, yeah, we're going to, after you win your first Grammy and I win my my first Super Bowl, we're going to have some beautiful chocolate babies. (laughs) Meanwhile, she's falling all over Sam. Yeah, meanwhile, she's trying to have she's trying to have some some light light chocolate some coffee coffee cream babies. Yeah. <laughs> she wants so some weird. caramel babies. <laughs> Fuck the cocoa. No Super Bowls for the for this pair. Uh, yeah, I just, thought, I just thought that whole sequence was although Mercedes is amazing, that whole sequence was just kind of weird and in the middle of this episode for no reason for me. See, I mean, yeah, I, I like Sam Sadie's. A lot of us love Sam Sadie's. We just, you know, we needed more. And I'm glad, that's why I'm glad that season five exists because we actually get some substantive uh, 
storytelling for the two of them. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely feels a little a little heavy handed in this episode. Well, uh, speaking of uh, kind of random storytelling and uh, I don't know if you can call this heavy handed, probably a little bit. Uh, so let's go back to Rachel and uh, Finn here, because the next portion of the episode for a significant bit of this is going to be about uh, the dinner that we are having at Rachel's house. The Berries have invited over the Hudson Hummels. Uh, Kurt did not show up uh, in attendance for dinner here um, because they want to bring the families together now that Kurt and uh, who's Kurt uh, now that Finn and Rachel are getting married and uh, you know they've made this decision so they want to you know kind of see you know just meet each other and just have a nice night have a nice dinner Uh, the the, uh, Rachel's dads seem to like Finn just fine what do they call him they're like uh, he's a perfectly nice husky young man um, okay um, (laughs) who they simply adore and uh, they're excited to have him and, of course, uh, Bert and Carol over. So they have some dinner. And uh, once they're all done and they had a good time there, it's time to commence teenage lovemaking. That's just what you do. Um, and everybody's pretty confused, or at least Rachel and Finn, I should say, are very confused as to what's going on here and what their parents just told them is up next in the uh, activities for tonight. Um, but Carol's like, yeah, Finn, I packed you a bag, like all your clothes. So you guys go upstairs and get it on. Go ahead. Have fun. <laughs> I packed your toothbrush and your jammies and some condoms and yeah, let's get it together. You're not kids anymore. You're adults now. Go ahead. Go, go at it. You kids go. go. I I don't want to, you know, we better hear some banging before we uh, leave this house tonight. (laughs) I want those walls to shake. I want the chandelier on top of us to start moving. Oh my God. I want it to fall directly on top of the grand piano. Please stop. <laughs> I want, we're talking property damage, bitch. <laughs> so, Emma, I know I'm not tripping. These, are, these aren't Rachel's original parents, right? These aren't the parents that we saw in season one, right? One of them is. We don't know which one. We're, we're going to assume that the white one is. Not no, I mean, one. like, in season one, she says, my parents put their sperm together, blah, blah, blah. And there's a picture of her parents in her locker. Oh yeah, those are yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's Whoa. a it's a full it's a full chocolate man <laughs> and a white nerdy white guy with glasses. <laughs> right, this beautiful chocolate man. And then you know this these two walk in. I'm like, wait a minute, these aren't the same people. What's happening here? No, uh, not at that all. That was gonna bother me. I thought y'all were gonna tell me I was wrong, and I was gonna say, oh okay, cool. But I didn't. <laughs> not being the pair, um, and they're just not gonna address it. <laughs> Well, they're definitely not going to address it, but that's uh, that's another story. Um, but no, we have, of course, uh, Jeff Goldblum here to play Rachel's dad and uh, Brian Stokes Mitchell, who uh, we still did not totally recognize. I don't know if, Chappelle, you have any knowledge of who this man is. Yes. Um, <laughs> Brian Stokes Miss- Mitchell is the guy. I didn't know who he was at the time. Didn't know who he was before COVID. But now I do because he's the guy who survived <laughs> COVID and he started serenading people out of his window in New York. He was singing all the Broadway tunes for the uh, the, the health workers. Um, the first responders oh. and stuff like that. He did it for like weeks, I think. Uh, went viral and everything. So I do know him, and he is blackish. He is of African American <laughs> and other uh, nationalities as well. Um, so he's he's very much a melting pot of a person. But if you need him to pass for 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 black, he's got it down. He's very racially ambiguous, but he he can count as her black dad. Um, Okay. Not the chocolate guy that we mm-hmm. saw first in the first season, but chocolate enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, so I like that caramel guy. baby. It's, it's Sam and Mercedes's baby from the future to come back to tell Rachel not to get married. <laughs> oh wow, that is wild. That is wild indeed. 
Um, but yeah, so the uh, Finn and Rachel go upstairs, get into a little bit of a fight because Finn needs to take a shit. And Rachel's like, you're not doing that in my bathroom. And he's like, well, where am I going to do that? And she's like, at your own house. Like, duh. Um, and obviously, you know, what the hell is happening there? But somehow it ends up, you know, working out just fine because later on they're going to come back to uh, to their dad's, uh, Rachel's dad's downstairs and be like, oh, no, actually, you know, that w- uh, that all brought us closer together. We decided we're going to get married sooner. We're going to do it in May. Right after Nationals, we're going to have a spring wedding. And now we're going to breadsticks to celebrate with all of our friends and everything worked out great. So uh, the, the parents' plan here uh, to, you know, make them fight and uh, show them what living is like together to maybe put this off a little bit obviously did not go anywhere. Um, what are you going to do? But look, we're going to just get married sooner and everything is going to be fine. Nobody's going to get in any car accidents. Everything is going to be great. <laughs> uh, I mean, would my parents try to put this kind of plan into motion? No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They would just say, you're not dating each other. You're not getting married. I'm not paying for that wedding. You guys can try to go ahead and elope. But if you go ahead and elope, you're never going to be allowed back in this house. Yada, yada, yada. That's kind of more of the style of my parents. But, um, I mean, you know, Hiram and Leroy, y'all do what y'all got to do. It seems like y'all just made it even worse because having them live together and then kiss and make up all in one night seems to really strengthen their resolve that this is something that they could do. Um, And, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's like yeah. the first level of their plan is to, hey, show you guys that cohabitating isn't cool. But they also are thinking if we push back against this, they're just going to want it even more. And so let's just lean into it and su- and fake support them because there's no point in telling them no, because that'll make them go elope tonight. You know, <laughs> like if we tell them, like, you can never see each other again. We know Finn's climbing through the window in six seconds, you know. So I think yeah. that's the part that they're hoping will eventually come to fruition is not so much the cohabitation because that was the first like the first chink in the armor but they definitely wanted to like hey look we why can't they just be honest and be like look like because it's not like they have to break up you know like you don't you don't have to get married right now why can't you just because they think they know her their daughter they think they know rachel well enough which they do for a brief moment here to be like once we get rachel like this diva that we have raised around another person 24 7 to be living together it's not going to go well and it doesn't go well they're right about that but somehow you know rachel is so in love which i guess they couldn't have predicted it being this strong that she gets over it and she decides no you know what i i love him i want to be with him and i want we're gonna do it we're gonna get married so um that's just you know learning about yeah. your teenage daughter they're going against their house words of of house berry you know that, that what is their their motto is honesty, honesty respect, respect and dance, and dance. yeah the foundations foundations of house I mean, berry I, I stand that i stand that part of the of the code <laughs> the berry the berry house yes well i was going to ask if you noticed where rachel and uh finn said they were registered for um uh, for their uh for their wedding i guess you know when they go and tell the glee club like hey right. they're like we're registered at samuel french and I was sitting there thinking, I don't know what that is. And I know in the real I don't time. I know what I that means. What does that mean? Samuel French is a place that they sell like theater plays and scripts. <laughs> I said, that's what you registered for, for your wedding. They were get, they were getting really heavy handed on like the theater of it all in this episode. Um, even with her dad's being like, um, who was it? They said some actor wrote them a letter and told them both to meet them in the auditorium. I think Mandy Patinkin, like, okay, Mandy Patinkin wrote Rachel Berry and Finn Hudson letters and told them to meet them in the auditorium. And now they're registered at Samuel French. The dads are like, respect, honesty, and dance. This was a theater-heavy episode. It was just kind of subtle. Baby, I'm the bottom. Yeah, it was a very uh, theater-heavy episode. <laughs> and that as well. I did not know well. that about Samuel French. 
Yeah, and and the baby on the bottom, on the top song, and the lube. That was another heavy theme in the. Episode. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. That. And that was a song that was released onto uh, you know all platforms as well. That was a fully released Glee song. So there's oh. that. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Aman, I just got a tweet, by the way. Uh, I don't know if Joseph knew that he was going to have such good timing here, but uh, Joseph, uh, at Joseph's Mercado on Twitter, just uh, sent me a, t- uh, a message, whatever, uh, saying, rewatching the season three Valentine's Day app for at Choir Room Pod. I can't wait to hear about Matt Ligori and his experience on set with Lee and Michelle with a picture of the Stereo Hearts kid that wears the hat that you said looked like me. And, uh,. <laughs> We breeze right. It back. does look like him. Does he not? Does he not kind of resemble Matt to you, Chappelle? Have you seen this? Uh... No, I haven't seen this. I need to go. I'm, I'm sending it to you in a DM. Yeah. I'm, okay. I, I DM'd it to you, but uh, <laughs> I, look, <laughs> that's so good. <laughs> see? How did they even see that, Amon? How did you even notice him? You're like Matt. Because the first time know. I watched it, I was like, "Holy shit, is that?" Matt, and then I rewound it. I was like, oh my god, it looks just like So, okay, fine. I will finally come clean to you guys. Yes, that was me. I was there on set <laughs> on uh, that day with the Glee, Glee cast. I had a lot of fun. Um, you know, all of them uh, took me out after, of course, Leah did not come because why would she? So, you know, I didn't get to meet Leah or Corey, um, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, uh, Leah did not uh, treat me as poorly as suggested. Uh, so, I think she's actually a great person. You would be I was going to say, she like, like, why didn't she get the Becca Tobin treatment then? Why didn't she get brought back? Why didn't she shit in your hat? I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. I have no explanation. I have none at all. I can't comprehend why Leah and Mich- Leah. I said Leah and Michelle. Leah and Michelle and I are all great friends. <laughs> all three of you. Wait. So if if okay, we're gonna we're gonna back this up. So now if Michelle is Nicole Franzel, so then now it's Leah Nicole is gonna be her new name. <laughs> Leah Nicole Kelly. Uh, that definitely does not have a good ring to it. Leah Nicole. Ew. Leah Nicole. Okay. Um, okay. Well, thank you for the tweet, Joseph. I'm glad uh, you were able to uh, get that in before we uh, wrapped up here. But um, we, t- we already talked about Karofsky and uh, Kurt a little bit, but uh, anything else from the specific scene here, uh, Chappelle, where Karofsky is going to reveal himself? We get a reveal here at the uh, at Breadsticks and then kind of awkward as he's on his way out and some guy's like, ooh, what's happening here? Yeah, I hated every second of this. You know, I, I complained last uh, last time we talked about uh, Blaine's cringy moment with the guy at the Gap because the whole episode, you could see it coming. Like, even if you didn't know where it was going to end up, you just knew that, like, this is not for Kurt. And we did, and, you know, and so that's kind of Kurt's train wreck. But then we watched Blaine's happen in almost, like, in slow motion as he does that Robin Thicke song. But this episode was even worse because I've seen the series now. And I know this is the beginning of the end of Karofsky, you know, as, you know, in his like art to, I guess, bettering himself. This man is about to commit suicide, like, or try to, you know, very quickly after this. And so watching this whole kind of thing unfold and then him go to Kurt and is trying to make sense of his feelings and he's doing this very much in public. He also doesn't care about cheating because he has to know that Kurt is with Blaine. He has to know that everyone does. Um, but then to get outed like by this random jerk. And I think it's the very next episode, boom, you know, they're dropping an mm-hmm. F-bomb on him and cough serves playing in the background. And it's like, whoa, we, we, this is a lot. This is heavy for a Valentine's Day episode. So this part made me so uncomfortable. I really hate I had to like sit through that again because just knowing where it's about to end, not great, not great. 
Yeah, I get so much secondhand anxiety watching this scene um, because you can tell that Karofsky is in an entirely different part of his life from a year ago. Um, and he fe- the fact that he feels even comfortable enough to even have the gorilla costume on, and then not only that, but like reveal himself to Kurt and sort of have like a small intimate moment in public with him. I mean, yeah, we can see him looking over his shoulder the entire time, but that's such a drastic step from where he was. Um, and only to see that guy just be like, oh, what's up, Karofsky? You guys on a date? Yada, yada, yada. And the fact that Kurt tries to step in and really cover for him. Oh, uh, the whole thing just makes me so, like, like I'm proud that Karofsky's, you know, developing as a person. And I'm also, like, extremely proud that Kurt was able to see this for what it was. And, you know, not necessarily try to, you know, be mean to Karofsky, but he's also, like, clear. He's like, look, like, Karofsky, we can't be together. First of all, I'm with Blaine. Second of all, you tormented me. Like, you don't. You don't really love me. You just you're you're associating me with all of the relief that you're getting from finally being able to come out at least to yourself, if not to anyone else. And that's not love. That's just you coming to terms with who you are. And you're so you're putting me you're wrapping me up in there with that. And that's not you need to find your own shit. And so I was proud that Kurt was able to recognize that for what it was and still offer a friendship and kindness to him. And then for all of it to come crashing down so quickly, yeah, I agree. It's just ugh. It just makes me so queasy. It just takes me back to a place of my own life. It's just not, it's not fun at all. Yeah, it's not. Um, plenty, plenty to and come on so, that. When he's we, uh... so sad when he walks off. He's like, I hope you like the candies. The butterscotch ones are my favorite. I was like, I like the butterscotch too, Karofsky. Oh my God. <laughs> it was so bad. Like, I got you butterscotch candies. <laughs> like, I just like, with his fucking gorilla costume. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> And this moment pushes him into the arms of Blaine. We look into the future, and Blaine is with Karofsky. This is weird. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah, it's not. It's gonna be a phase. Blaine just needs, you know, some love from somebody else, and Karofsky's, and Karofsky's there for him to fall into his arms. Right, it's because fine. all the I mean, he's like he approached he approached Karofsky. It wasn't the other way around. He was the one that went up. So like, that's what I'm saying. I said he needs some love, and he's there to fall. You know, Karofsky's gonna you know welcome open his arms to uh you know. Welcome, little Blaine. Big old gorilla arms. Come on, Blaine. (laughs) When Blaine shows up at uh, towards the end of the episode here, I love how Sugar like announces him, and she's like, "Back from the dead, and cute and compact as ever." Blaine. He's a tiny man. (laughs) And Blaine shows up back up with his eye patch, and then immediately takes it off because why not? Um, But yeah, no. Let's get to the uh, end of the episode here. We're at the uh, Sugar Shack. It's time for some partying happening here between uh, all of the new directions who have rented out the place uh, or sugar has has done that she's got gift cards like every everybody's celebrating there's a lot happening here um the god squad is going to come up to the stage and joe does his little speech about you know i prayed on it santana and absolutely i will sing a song to britney love is love uh and they're going to do cherish cherish and uh sugar and rory you're dancing and you know talking about how much they're going to miss each other. And Rory's like, wait, why are you going to miss me? She's like, you're getting deported, silly. He's like, oh, right, right, right. Totally forgot. Mm. So. I mean, he wasn't wrong. He he did end up leaving. <laughs> I love this cherish, cherish performance. I'm a big fan of the, the quartet. How that is Joe, Quinn, Mercedes, cherish. and Sam. Mm-hmm. So this song, this mashup, right? Because this is two different songs. This is the only <laughs> time I've heard either of those songs. Me too. So most, <laughs> me too. most, most songs in Glee... I know, like, that was the reason why I started watching, because I was like, I like the music. So I was like, oh, like, I like this song. I know this song. I know this song. This is the only song that I can think of that I've only heard here and never again. Never again. Never before, never after. 
Now, and I know you mean the mashup version. I mean both the songs separately. I've never heard. I feel. I, yeah, I understand. I, I also f- have not ever heard either. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a. I'm afraid that I'm afraid to like look at the um or listen to the songs on their own. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you might not <laughs> like honest. it. Exactly. Yeah, because yeah, the, the second cherish is Madonna, and I don't even know who the first cherish is, but. I've never heard this song before. Because <laughs> like, what is this? But and I that's do like it. okay. Yeah, I do like it because anytime Quinn is singing, I'm fine. And this is Quinn and Mercedes, which makes it doubly fine. So I'm good. What about Love Shack? You ever hear of that song? I like Love Shack. I like this version better than I like the original. Ooh, I yeah. I feel like I don't care much for old music. So if there's a Glee version of it, I probably like it better too. But that's just a general rule. So I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, I mean, it's Mercedes. Mercedes can outsing everybody in the B-52s. So just, you know, it was, shack, she was given a lot at the end, and I liked all of it. So, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the Love Shack song. But the Cherish song is interesting because I only hear it when I watch this episode. So, <laughs> so I've heard it, what, three times in my entire life? <laughs> yep, pretty much. Uh, back from the dead, cute and compact as ever. Love Shack uh, is going to be performed by Blaine Anderson there. And, of course, Rachel, Mercedes, and Brittany. So Rachel, I guess, does do some backup singing every once in a while. Uh, Kurt gets pulled onto the stage as, as well to dance in as, you know, the two lovebirds are so happy to be reunited into each other's arms. And we get balloons and everybody's having fun. And yay, 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 love. Everybody say love. <laughs> Everybody yeah. say love. Love. Yeah, love. this was... This was interesting. It was an interesting episode. I don't, I don't, I don't know, Amon. I, I know, I know. You said you liked it more than the first one, but I think the Karofsky thing is really what kind of grates on me for this one. Um, the I like that Schuster's not in this one again. This is two episodes, two Valentine's Day's episodes where he's barely even in it. Like this is great. And and we're skipping one next week that was primarily about him. We're not talking about season fours. We're going straight to uh, a love episode in season five. That's not even Valentine's Day, but uh, so you're welcome. Yeah, this Screw is working out for me. Yeah, the, I think we skipped over a little bit the the coolest episode, the the coolest scene of the episode. We talked about it a little bit, but I really do like how the God Squad came together and had this conversation amongst them because it's probably the most mature conversation some high school kids have ever had about like sexuality. You know, they mm-hmm. sat down, the four of them, and was just like, you know, I mean, we get that people feel strongly about this, you know, for religious reasons, but we also uh, can look at religion and the Bible and the words that Jesus mm-hmm. said himself and just kind of use our own, you know, common sense and our own judgment and also say, like, and our own discernment even to say, hey, this is still something we're okay with. And I like that because it just came out of nowhere. These are the most immature, mature kids ever. Like Quinn can be so immature and then lead a conversation like this. Uh, so I really like that. Uh, that's probably the high point, but the low point is definitely the Karofsky stuff. I just, no. Nah. Yeah. That's, uh, I think that's what we have for the episode here. Of course, we're going to uh, talk about how we felt about it as a whole on the whole uh, ratings scale here. And I feel like I want to ask Amon where he's at first because um, I don't think I want to tell you what you gave it last time because I also did not look at my rating before I gave it a rating this time. So you said you think you like it more than the last one. The last one you gave zero slushies. So what do you think it today? Um, I don't mind this one at all. Like I... I... I uh, I don't know. It's it's hard because these are always you know they're always graded within the context of the season. So when you're talking about ratings, and um you know whatever came before it is always going to be influencing what I said back then, of course. And now this time around, it's the only one that I'm comparing it to is the season two um 
thing about her. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have any issues with this one. I, I think you know, in a vacuum, this is a, a perfectly fine Valentine's Day special for me. I like. Well, there's a difference between here. you know not having any issues with it and also thinking it's a perfect episode, right? So like that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I I'm I'm trying to think what like what I'm gonna subtract points for, and I guess there is a a bit of like a a crazy factor when it comes to Finn and Rachel. That whole storyline seems a little crazy and a little unrealistic. Um, yeah. How do you feel about uh, Simon being the gayest apostle name? <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Is it gayer uh, than Judith? Is that the Lady Gaga effect? Does that does that affect your rating? Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't affect my rating. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think what annoys me and it's, what always annoys me about this episode is you know the Joe of it all. Like I just feel like it's just not. It's just so one note and that it doesn't really go anywhere after that. And yeah, I know I love me some Joe, so I subtract a point for that. So I'd, I'd give it a slushy. Okay. Well, that's what you gave it last time. So look at you uh, lining up with uh, past Amon's ratings. And uh, I also did the exact same thing. I gave it a one last time. And uh, that's where I was at going into this one as well. So um, one slushy feels good enough to me. I don't think it was like, uh, you know, a a bad episode by any means. I don't think it was a perfect episode, but I still enjoyed it. And uh, they do that thing at the end of the episode where they have balloons raining down and, you know, they're singing love shack. Everybody's having so much fun. And they try to just be like, Oh, look at this. You just had so much fun watching this episode. And it's like, it does trick you. It does make you think like, Oh, maybe this is such a really good episode, but like all the stuff in the middle, the way that like Mercedes thing as Chappelle was talking about just kind of gets like dropped in there. Um, You know, it could have been a little bit more organized and they had a good concept with the sugar shack of it all. And even the ridiculous story, storyline with uh rachel and finn you know having this uh these plans to get married like they could have made it even more than i think what it was so overall i just drop uh or i just hit them with one slushy uh chappelle what say you sure one one slushy i like look i picked this episode apart in my head because i was comparing it to the last one and i like the last one a lot um and so yeah one slushy's fine for me i don't have any real issues it's just that karofsky thing is always going to bother me stuff like that just makes me uncomfortable in general so they could have Put, this could have been any different episode. And if if you include that Karofsky thing, knowing where it's about to go, I'm always going to be like cringy. And so, um, yeah, for me, one one is fine. Because other than that, I really don't have a real strong complaint. All those other things I was talking about were just kind of odd to me that they were in there. But it didn't make me dislike the episode uh, at all. Uh, I liked the songs. Uh, I liked, like I said, I liked all the characters. We we switched out Zeiss, uh, Zeiss for uh, Sugar. That's good. No no Schuster, so you know no big deductions there. Um, <laughs> we did have Figgins, so that's kind of a minor deduction. So yeah, one's fine. I agree. Okay, okie dokie. Uh, least least favorite song of the episode. Um, I'll, I'll kick us off here because I already have my answer ready to go. While you guys think, unless you already know it, but um, I'm glad that I don't have to pick. Uh, the Rory song here because otherwise I would have um, and since You're the Top is a song that was released onto uh, onto, onto all platforms it does count and uh, that will go into my category as my least favorite song of this episode. Uh, Chappelle I'll bounce back to you. Uh, what, what would be your pick here? Oh I'm glad that's an option because if that wasn't an option I don't know what I would have chosen. Uh, so yeah I'm going to go with that song as well. I just don't know it that well. I also it was just kind of like it seemed kind of fun, but it also wasn't something I I, I want to sing along with because it's like like the it's like really strong vocally or something like that. So I just kind of right. them playing around on the piano. So I thought it was it was pretty cool. Honestly, I didn't love a lot of the songs on this episode. I I liked like two, but I I, I was fine with a bunch of them. And then this one, I was eh, I was indifferent. So this is this is probably my worst one. What would your favorite have been? Because uh, you know we already did ours. In the oh, first I already time told we you. It's, it, but... it's the, it's the Rory song uh, because because I like that wow. song in general. That's crazy. 
Well, I really like Blake Shelton's uh, home. <laughs> like, I'm again, I'm from Texas. No, that, 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 that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, if we're just talking about impact of songs, Mercedes singing I Will Always Love You is the best song, you know, period. Sure. She just out, she, it's the best song, and she out sang everyone in blah, blah, blah. But like that song specifically, the home of it all, I like that. Okay, good to know. And Aman, what's, uh, what's your pick here? Um, probably... Probably just going to go ahead and go with Stereo Heart. Like, wow. it's fine. It's a fine cover. And I know that Joe's singing. So it's like, what? What? I'm on? Really? But, like, I don't really care about that song that much. Like, I feel like all the other um, songs have, like, more of, like, a bit of, like, a, a memorability to them. More so than that song does. Um, I mean, you're even though you're the top. To me, it is. Because it's the first time that we actually get to meet Rachel's parents. You know what I mean? Like, we'd never seen them before until now. And it's so, like, over-the-top two gay dads singing with their daughter. Like, I remember that. You know what I mean? And I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate the song either. Um, but Stereo Hearts is kind of just like, meh, top 40. Let's sh- shove it in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. To be right. completely transparent, had, had you're, you're the top not been an option, I would have picked Stereo Hearts as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've always liked the Stereo Hearts cover. Um, I kind of did like the song, just not like I liked it. I just like I enjoyed the song when it was out and it was on the radios and whatnot. And then uh, I enjoyed the Glee cover because I like all four of those voices like Amon does. But I think I prefer them on Stereo Hearts than I do on Cherish Cherish. So um, that's my that's my thought on all of that. But um, we also have to give out some shoe stars to the worst person of the episode. And I got to say, personally, for me, it's not standing out the most. Does anybody have like a clear pick in mind uh, to, to lead us off here? Chappelle, Lamont? Uh, Figgins is pretty bad, but I'd go with Puck. Uh, we didn't talk about it at all, but Puck is Puck. Is, his entire storyline this episode is that he's been sleeping with college girls. He just loves pedophilia. And <laughs> that we talked about it last time. How we just Oh, he's 18 over. at this point, so I guess it wouldn't is be. He? Yeah, yeah, he's 18. I, is, he, is he? Wow. Okay, yeah. I guess this is senior year. But the 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 previous year, he was definitely making out with that woman outside of uh breadsticks, uh, the waitress. And now he's mm. like talking about how he ran through this entire sorority house. Eh, it didn't do anything for me. I uh, so between Puck and Figgins, knowing that Puck is 18 now changes it a little bit for me. So I'm gonna go with Figgins. Oh wow, I totally thought you were saying Puck. Um, no, I mean once he's if he's grown, he's grown. He can do grown people yeah. stuff. I just. <laughs> I thought he was still a yeah, child. Yeah, it's better college girls than it is than uh you know Shelby married, Corcoran. That's for sure. Or these yeah, or these random married women outside of breadsticks. So you know mm-hmm. he's eighteen, he's grown, he can be grown. I don't have no All issue right. with that. All right, Figgins, it is. Uh, fire Figgins. Amon, what are you thinking? Um, shoe star, shoe star. Ooh, am I gonna be controversial here? Who? I kind of want to give my shoe star to Sam. I mean, he does suck in this episode. Yeah, like he, you know, like I mean. He's so pushy with Mercedes, and Mercedes has asked him multiple times, can you, like, please, like, I'm with Shane, I'm with Shane, I'm with Shane, can you please? And not to say that Mercedes is completely innocent, because she definitely, you know, kisses him back and everything. Like, it's not, let's not act like she's peachy keen, but Sam is so, like, gung-ho to get this started again, and even when she's like, I told Shane about us, he's like, okay, well, then good, now we can be together. And she, he's like, she's like, no, Sam, no, like, I cheated, like, this is not good. And then he just walks off when she's trying to talk to him about it. So, yeah, I'm giving mine to, shoot, to, to Sam. I understand oh, that he's a, wow. a wounded bird in this episode, but still, like, you <laughs> you did it to yourself. This okay. The shoe star rating moment just reminded me of something we haven't talked about in both the episodes. Yes. Where is Sue Sylvester? She is not in either one of these episodes at all. What oh. does she know about love? I mean, I'm just, listen, the very next episode, she's pregnant. She 
She's pregnant the very <laughs> next episode. She was out uh, baby making on Valentine's Day. Yeah. yeah, but I'm just saying, like, what are the odds that the episodes that we decide to watch for Valentine's Day don't have her in them at all? Like, I know. You know well, basically, any episodes that do uh, come up with Sue, like, she's always going to be a top contender for the shoe star. Right, so, and uh, I wanted yeah. to give it to her, and I realized we haven't talked about her in two weeks. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty crazy. I hadn't really uh, thought about it, but, like, Will's gone. I mean, it's all about the uh, all about the couples here, all about the younger kids, the couples, and the next one's going to be about uh, Blaine and, you know, Kurt potentially getting getting engaged so we'll see if uh, either of those two pop up in there but i don't think they'll be super relevant to what's happening but we'll, we'll see. see we'll see um i think i'm just going to i don't see any other candidates here that stand out too much except for figgins so i think i'm going to jump on the figgins bandwagon here uh yeah i mean everybody else is kind of like i mean puck i can you know i can always be down to throw a shoe star over to puck but um i'll save those for when like they're actually like you know more important to the story. Um, I could have considered Rachel just because that whole scene where Finn's like, I have to use the bathroom and she's like, no, go to your house. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what is, what are you saying? Um, but look again, <laughs> Rachel, I can say the same thing for Rachel, for Sue, for Puck. Uh, all of these uh, characters are going to have episodes where they are going to get the shoe stars naturally. Uh, Figgins just, you know, stopping Britanna. Like that is like the number one violation in my book and probably a lot of people's books. So um, no uh, love here for Figgins and he will get my shoe star and that will complete this segment of the podcast. Um, Chappelle, any final thoughts here today? Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Rachel. Um, yeah. She's, she sucked this episode too. I mean, aside from the, like, you can't, sh you can't shit with us. Aside from that moment, like, where you can't, like, use the restroom in my house. Uh, <laughs> you can't shit with us. Like, oh, aside man. from that, I also didn't love how when she announced it, like, hey, you guys. Oh, I just got it. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> but, you know, when she goes to the Glee Club and tells them, I'm, I'm finally getting married, you guys. And they're like, you know, you might want to rethink this. She goes, well, actually, you're not invited then. How about that? <laughs> well, like, you Whoa. might want to rethink your rethinking, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> because you're not coming. Uh, you and Kurt, we would. I would love to see you both in bridesmaid dresses, but not this time, since you want to be jerks about it. I was like, wow, zero to one hundred, real mm -hmm. quick. Uh, so yeah, yeah she Rachel, was like, I'm getting married, and no one can fucking stop me, bitch. <laughs> right. <Just> watch. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, that was a little yeah. Rachel wasn't great either. So I'm glad you brought her up. Yeah. Um, Sugar got both of our gold stars the first time through, so you know. Of course, uh, sugar. some love there. So shout out to the Sugar Shack. Uh, Chappelle, anything else going on in your world? I think you were on a podcast recently, right? I just kind of listened to it yesterday. Oh, yes. I was like, what? <laughs> um. He's like, I'm on so many podcasts, I can't even keep track. That's uh, like a joke. It was a joke one day, and now it's not a joke anymore. I literally don't know what I do from day to day. Um, yes, I just did the challenge with Ali last year. The challenge for a half up. I had to. So I stepped in for Brian Cohen, who needed the week off, and I had a very good time talking to Ali. Uh, Brian can have his job back. Um, it's not mine, but it was fun while it lasted. Uh, but aside from that, I think I'm good for a few days. <laughs> um, yeah, well. Find yeah. Chappelle on Clubhouse. Find Chappelle on Instagram Live. There's always uh, some oh, Chappelle content to be finding out there in the world. My business. This is the second time. Stop sending people to look. Follow me on Twitter. That's it. Look, as, the only thing is, as, as I've heard Chappelle say, I think he was talking about it on this podcast, that not this podcast, the one with Ali that we were just talking about. Uh, follow him and feel free, but like, just don't. Like, don't come, don't come for him for anything that you see. Like, if you see it, just watch it and leave it and uh, maybe discuss, discuss it amongst yourselves. But you don't have to, like, you know, call him out for it. Like, just let him be. Let me be. If I'm not, if I'm not hurting anybody, just let me be. If I'm hurting somebody, yeah, then DM me and let me know. But if I'm not, if I'm not bothering anybody, just, just let me be. And you can always unfollow me. And if you don't let me be, I can block you. 
So, you know, that's just kind of relationship <laughs> we have. But you don't have to follow me on Instagram. Don't do that. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I think people might want to. Anyway, uh, so follow Chappelle at Chappelle's underscore show on uh, Twitter. And, uh, you know, if he's on Instagram, you'll find him. And Clubhouse. No, and Clubhouse. Clubhouse. Yeah, and Clubhouse. <laughs> um, but that's all that I have as well for this week. Um, you know, uh, we are, are on social media, but uh, still remembering now that I'm not sure I want to talk to the other person on the call here. So, um, you know, you guys know where to find that if you want wow, to. We made it us. into the very end of the episode to start being petty again. You can follow us at Choir Room Pod at, on Twitter and on TikTok. You can also follow us um, individually. I'm Adamon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Ligori. Leave us star ratings and reviews wherever you get your podcasts. We'll read them aloud on the show. Thank you to everyone once again who has been donating to the PayPal. It really means a lot, and it helps support the podcast in many, many ways. Anything else, Matt? Valentine's Day is tomorrow, uh, which could be today by the time it drops. Who knows when this will be all wrapped up and in their feeds. But, uh, you know, if you're listening to this on Valentine's Day, happy Valentine's Day. Yay. Happy Valentine's Day. Does anybody want to be my Valentine? Um, my uh, my uh, DMs are open. Just slide right in. Okay. <laughs> I wish Chappelle had the same offer because I was trying to set that up last week and he said no. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not in that. <laughs> Please right, don't. Not, not for this holiday. Uh, but yeah, uh, have a happy Valentine's Day to all the singles. Unlike Sugar, you are not sad, boring, and you do exist in our world. Yes. <laughs> That's all we got for this week. We'll be back with you guys next week with uh, Season 5, Episode 1. We're going to watch Blaine do a lot for an engagement. So we'll see you guys then. Looking forward to it. All right. So next time, guys, we will glee you. (laughs) 